Hey everybody, welcome to the Mini Break by Cracked Rackets, your daily podcast for storylines, results, and controversy in the tennis world. Today is Wednesday, May 1st, and we are here for another pod in which we'll be covering a few different things, but mainly results in action from two ATP events in Munich and Estoril. My name is Jamie McDonald, and I'll be your host for today's action, and with me is my Wednesday regular, it's Matt Stachowiak. Matt, how's it going, man? What's going on, Jamie? I'm still uh, trying to recover a little bit from last night's pod with Gruskin. We went about an hour. It was it was a long one, man, but we had some fun. So let's uh, let's do it again, man. Well, give me give us a quick plug if listeners haven't already checked that out, which they should. You know, just give me the the highlights, just a few sentences. What did you guys talk about? What are the what are the high points? Oh, man, we went over everything. We talked a little bit about the NCAA tournament bracket, you know, early thoughts on that, some upset alerts. Uh, We also talked about some of the the ATP results that we're going to go over as well um, in Munich and Estoril. And then talked about the French Open wildcard challenge, Tommy Paul, uh, looking like he might secure that thing this week. And then, you know, of course, we had to finish up with the little Twitter Tuesday. So it was good stuff, man. Well, of course, if you have not listened to it, be sure to check that out. That is an hour chock full of all sorts of fun, as it always is with Gruskin. But luckily, I get to take Sikoyak with me today. So let's hop into the most recent results from that action in Germany and Portugal, as he talked about. First, let's start in Portugal, Estoril. Davidovich Fokina takes out Taylor Fritz, 7-6-6-4. Tough loss for the American there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Davidovich Fokina, qualifier in this tournament, young guy. Um, you know, I'm sure Taylor Fritz was, you know, licking his chops at that matchup when the, you know, when the draw came out. But again, it, it just wasn't his day. I, it, To me, Fritz on the clay, it's really going to have to be an adjustment for him. I just don't think his movement on that surface is where it needs to be. And guys can expose him. I mean, whether they're hitting drop shots or short angles you know, you name it. It's just, it seems like Fritz is going to get exposed in that movement category and his power that we know he possesses doesn't do as much damage on the clay. So another early loss here. We'll see if he can bounce back uh, within the next couple weeks at those big masters thousands coming up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he went out decently early in Barcelona. I mean, I will say he did have a good win over Schwartzman not too long ago in Monte Carlo. I mean, Schwartzman's a great clay quarter. Um, yep, so that's true. What we're seeing really is just mixed results, you know. Um, and I don't know if that's just general inconsistency or if that has to do with clay in particular. Because, you know, you also saw, if we go even back to Houston, you know, he, he went out to Grenoliers in three sets. And so it seems like it's a bit up and down here. I, I really don't have a verdict about Taylor Fritz on the clay. I don't know if you do. Yeah, not yet. I mean, it's still too early. It's not like he's played all that many clay court seasons, you know, through through his career. So... I, let's just see how the rest of this this season plays out, you know, those next couple tournaments. And then, of course, we'll keep a close eye on how he does at Roland Garros. And then, you know, maybe we can revisit that, you know, see at the end of it all, just, you know, take a broader perspective of it and, and see where he's at. For sure. Well, you know, just a fun fact. Actually, this is more than I even knew before I started looking into this guy, Davidovich Fokina. I was like, you know, I've seen that name, didn't know where. 2017 Junior Wimbledon champ. Um, quite honestly, we were talking about this. You'd stereotype him as a clay quarter from from the name and the country there. Um, yeah. but then then you pointed out that he actually took out Stanford number one Axel Geller in that final to take the Wimbledon championship. Um, but hey, I mean, maybe this is a name we'll just start seeing more and more. 
Yeah, young guy. I mean, clearly he's winning, you know, he takes out Taylor Fritz in a ATP 250 event. So, I mean, I, I think we're going to be seeing some more of him once he gets his ranking up there. And yeah, he's just got to keep, you know, getting into these tournaments and trying to get some results. Absolutely. Well, as we continue to move down the line here, Jaziri takes out Jerry, 6'3", 3'6", 6'4". A bit surprising to me, especially given Jerry's recent success. You know, he had that big win, what was it, last week over Zverev, correct? Um, yep. And then, I don't know, it's just a, it's a little surprising. Yeah, well, this is funny to me. Uh, Gruskin said Jerry was going to make the semis or finals of this tournament, so... Ah, uh, you're you know, wrong. <laughs> Love he, that. Uh, it, it's funny, man. I mean, because we were talking about that la on last night's pod, and oh man, it's just—it's funny to see that man. His predictions—I I get a good laugh out of that, a good chuckle. Well, good as, lo as long as we can enjoy it, you know. <laughs> um, but as we continue to move down, you know, Shardy takes out Karina Busta five seven six one six two. You know, you, you kind of question if those last two sets had a little bit to do with the injury that Karina Busta has been coming back from. Um, you know, we hope to see him get back and healthy because when he's when he's in good form, he's very, very dangerous on the clay. Yeah, big time clay court player. I mean, he, you know, grew up on the clay in Spain. I, I love his game on that surface, but he just hasn't been right this whole year. So, you yeah. know, I, I don't want to say I give him a pass, but he's just he's not in form. Absolutely not. Well, and as we move down the next couple convincing pretty <laughs> pretty much beatdowns here. Millman takes out the fellow Australian Tomek 6360 and Cuevas, the absolute expert on the clay, takes out Caruso 6262. Um, next one though, pretty close match, and you said that you had get, really enjoyed watching this one. Sousa takes out Alexi Popperin, also of Australia, six four two six six two. What did you like about this one? Well, it was it was interesting, man. Just the ups and the downs. So Popperin beginning of the match comes out on fire he's playing real real good tennis goes up 4-1 in the first set and then all of a sudden it's like where did he go he loses five on the trot to lose the first set 6-4 after he was playing so well it was crazy and then he did a great job in the second set of you know recovering and mentally staying in that match after losing five in a row I mean he could have just been like you know what screw it I'm out sure. but he, but he didn't I mean he came back he elevated his game he started to play better and he was just more aggressive I mean he was hitting forehands big he was coming into the net trying to knock off volleys and he was able to win that set six two you know and then we go into a third and it just it's like it swings back the other way. Sosa was just the more consistent player, and Popperin had some errors start to creep in, and you know that that set goes six two. So it was just weird the the roller coaster ride, the swings in this match, you know, because it was like one guy would win, you know, four or five games in a row, and then the other guy would win like five games in a row, and that just seemed to happen throughout the match. It was it was it was interesting. It was good. Yeah, well, hey. Makes makes for a better match than a three and zero against Tomic like we saw earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, getting through these results, last couple we've got for you. Meyer takes out Lazarevic seven six six four, and American getting a win on the clay. That is something that's been fairly rare, at least at this level. TFO taking out Kukushkin six three seven five. Yeah, good. I mean, definitely a good win. I I don't think Kukushkin poses the biggest problem on clay. He, he's not a major threat on that surface, but I mean, he can be a tough out. So I, I think right. Francis played, played pretty darn well. I mean, he did what he had to do six, three, he was up a break early in the second set and, you know, he was able to 
able to close it out. So, I mean, positive signs there. Hopefully, you know, he can make a little run here and, and try to keep it going. That would be great. Right. The only thing really surprising about this is seeing an American get a win on clay. I mean, you look <laughs> at TFO Kukushkin, uh, you know, if you take out the surface in this case, that should be a no-brainer um, in terms right. of their recent recent results. But, you know, when you throw clay into that mix and, and an American's on clay, it has been sort of grim um, in this the last few months. So good to see there. But as we continue, we're going to hop on over to Germany and Munich. Landero takes out Martyr on his, on his home soil, 6-2-4-6-6-2. The clay court expert Schwartzman takes out Benoit Pair, someone who's had a lot of success on the clay, actually. Took him took a title, mm-hmm. what was that, a couple weeks ago? Takes him out 6-4-1-6-6-1. Schwartzman, man, that just he's just a machine on the clay. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's obviously the surface that he, he wants to play on, you know, nine times out of ten, or ten times out of ten, really, if he could choose... Um, yeah, like you mentioned, I mean, Benoit Perry's he's won a title. He won Marrakech earlier, uh, mm-hmm. a few weeks back. So he's been in good form. I- I've liked the way that he's been playing. Uh, so yeah, no, that, that the score line's always interesting though, you know, with Benoit Pair. I mean, well, you never know what you're going to get. I- exactly. That's it's like thing. curious I mean, in a little bit of a way. You know? Right. You know, he, he loses that first set. It looks like in a tight one, six, four, and then probably just played amazing tennis to win six, one in the second. And then no, you know he can't keep it keep it up, and Schwartzman pulls away six one. It's just kind of funny to look at that scoreline because you can just tell it's like yeah, that's that's a Benoit pair match. Yeah, and then I mean these matches are just sort of indicative of his career, right? You know he goes on these roller coasters all the time, um, and it's 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 good to see him succeed, um, but at the same time, then the next you know. You, you blink for one second, and then you're like, "Whoa, hold on, what's this guy doing?" He, you know, sometimes he just can't get out of a tournament, or he can't get through like two rounds of a tournament, and then he goes yep. and takes a title, and then yeah, it's he's all over the place. I'm, but entertaining, tell you what, though, nonetheless. Yeah, I, I was just gonna say, I mean, whenever he's playing. I want to tune in because something funny, I mean, it's going to be highly entertaining whenever he's on the court. So, I I mean, I love watching him. It's fun. That's true. He is flashy, if nothing else at all. Um, But as we continue down, Cleason takes out Globus, 6-3-7-5. Garen, who's making quite a name for himself here on the clay, taking out Maiden, 6-4-6-2. Stroof, a guy who we've seen some recent success, goes out 6-1-6-1 to Montero. What What do you think is like is going on here do you think this is fatigue you know kind of from the last few tournaments he's played I mean I know he went sort of deep in the last couple you know had some hard-fought matches went out I think he took out Tsitsipas you know and then lose lost five and five to Nadal I mean those are matches that are pushing him physically but that was that was like a week ago right yeah I, I don't know if we can blame it on that well right I mean I you know of course we don't know exactly what's going on if he does have any physical issues I don't think you know I, I don't think that he does I just I, I've said this before with him with Stroof it's inconsistency man I mean that's the yeah. that's kind of been his whole career he has tournaments where he puts together three four really good matches he beats a top 10 player or somebody and then you know the next tournament he's out in the first round kind of like here and I think that's mm-hmm. why his ranking he's never really cracked you know that top echelon that top 30 that top 35 in the world he's never been up there because I, I don't actually know what his career high is but I, I know it's not that high no it's 44 44 is his career high I mean he obviously has the potential to go even higher than that he just does big yeah. game you know huge serve big groundies great hands at the net he's a really good doubles player but I think it's just his inconsistencies overall man from tournament to tournament he can't 
he, he struggles to string together multiple good tournaments in a row. And, you know, that's what those guys in the top 30, top 20, that's what they do. That's why they're ranked so high is because they just, they put it together week after week. No, you're absolutely right. And, you know, as we move on down the list, this coincidentally worked out. Talk about a pillar of consistency on the ATP. Cole Schreiber taking out Seppi 6-2-7-5. I mean, Philip Cole Schreiber, he's always around. Yeah, well, both those guys really. Andrea Seppi is about true. 35, 36 years old, too. He's he's the same way. I mean, both those guys are, you know, for lack of a better term, I mean, they're old tennis players now. Yeah. And they just, you know, they continue to show up week in and week out, play these tournaments, and play well. I mean, we've talked about Cole Schreiber before, how he's always a threat to the top guys because he just knows his game so well. He loves going out there and playing against those top guys. And, yeah, I mean, if look, these guys are still playing at a high level. So, you know, why stop now? Yeah, and we'll get to this later for sure. But I will say as a little bit of a sneak preview, I really like – Well, I'm intrigued by the next matchup that Cole Schreiber has coming his way. But we'll get into that. Um, the next match we have, this is a tough matchup for Misha Zverev. I mean, not only is he on the clay and not where he's most comfortable, but he's playing somebody who is incredibly comfortable on the play on the clay. Excuse me. He goes out to Pella 6-2-6-1. That's, that's routine. <laughs> yeah, I I, w- I would say so. That's maybe even a little bit more than routine. But yeah, I mean, like you said, Pella. I mean, he he's been in really good form. Again, he yeah, loves he the clay. This this is a guy that wants to be on clay. He's like a Diego Schwartzman. I mean, they just they live for these these tournaments because that's where they know they can make a run and they could you know possibly win a title. So yeah. like you said, bad matchup for Misha Zverev. I mean, y- serving and volleying on this surface, you know, against this guy. It's just – it's asking a lot. And with the form that he's in, I, I, I don't think Misha Zverev's had a very good year really at all either. I mean for him, even back on the hard courts, he hasn't been that great this year. So, you know, he's probably he's probably going to have to find himself, you know, probably after the clay court season as we get into the grass. That's probably where he can yeah, do some damage. Let's just wait for the grass. <laughs> yeah. Um, but unfortunately for him, we are still deep into the clay season here. Berrettini – Takes out Istamin, 7-6-6-3. Molikar takes out Kopel, 7-6-4-6-6-4 in an absolute battle. And then finally, good or well, at least a fun result for us to look at. Kudla takes out Kyle Edmonds, 6-4-6-3. That's good stuff. Yeah, great stuff. I mean, especially on clay, but I mean, really on any surface, just a win for Dennis Kudla like that over a guy like Kyle Edmond, that's just an awesome win. It's a confidence builder. You know, one of those wins that he can go, okay, you know, this guy's one of the best players in the world. He's ranked up there. So, you know, hopefully Kudla can take some, some confidence from this and build on it, you know, and try to put together a little bit of a run. You know, if it doesn't happen here, maybe he can do something at the French, you know, we'll yeah. see, depending on the draw. But, yeah, no, big-time win. For sure. Well, as we come out of the recent results, it's now time to look at least the upcoming matches that, you know, at least I'm excited about. I mean, a lot of these, sure, you might just think, eh, basic matchups, heavy favorite. But some of these are really fun ones for me. So let's run through them real quick. The ones that um, that are upcoming. Tsitsipas for, uh, is going to take on Andreozzi. Millman's going to take on Dominguez. Goffin and Sousa, I think that one has some potential to be fun. Jaziri and Meyer. Shardy and Davidovich, Fokina. Monfi v. Opelka. That one, I think, is a lot of fun. TFO, Nishioka. Now, remember, Nishioka just took out Mackey, McDonald, and Straits, and Fonini Cuevas. Out of all those, if you have to pick one of them, which one would you say you have to watch? 
I mean, I'm really just intrigued by Monfils and Opelka. Yeah. It's it's just such a clash of styles. I mean, you've got the huge Opelka who's going to play big boy tennis, ripping serves, trying to take that first ball and, and punish it. And Gael Monfils is going to be 10 feet behind the baseline, just grinding away, using his speed to track down every ball. It, to me, that's just, it's such a clash of styles. It's going to be really interesting to watch how that match unfolds. And it, I think it could either be really good or uh, there's a chance that it could be a dud. And, you know, it's it ends up not being that good. But it's one of those that, I mean, if that thing's on, I, I want to tune into that one just to see how it ends up. Yeah, that's definitely fair. I think for me, I, I have a hard time deciding between the last two I, I rattled off there. TFO Nishioka, I think, has a lot of potential to just be an, an all-out grind from the baseline sort of match. Um, I mean, I think that you would sort of surmise that TFO eventually just has more power and is going to come out of that. But, man, Nishioka, he can grind on the clay. And so I think that one's going to be a ton of fun. And then Fonini Cuevas, of course. I mean, you have Fonini, a guy, look, he just got a huge title to his name, and he's looked great on the clay. And then you've got Cuevas, somebody who's always good on the clay. I mean, that's, that's just entertaining no matter where they are. Yeah. Oh, I, I agree 100%. All those matches are really interesting. Um, just to hit on that Tiafo Nishioka real quick. I mean, Nishioka is a tough out, man. I was talking sure. about this earlier. I mean, he, you know, he's so small, but he's so fast and he tracks down every single ball. He's lefty. You know, he hits with a lot of top spin. It's going to be tough. That's a tough match for Francis. I mean, you know, if it were on a hard court, I think his power would be able to win him that match, you yeah. know, pretty, pretty routinely. But on this surface, man, not so fast. I think, I think it's really going to be tough. And if Francis does come through in that one, for me, that's going to be a big time win against a guy like Nishioka on this surface. That'll really, that'll be a step in the right direction. I'll be, I'll be excited to see that. And then for Fognini Cuevas, I mean, you already hit it, man. I mean, these are two guys that just love the clay. They're both great clay court players. I mean, that one could act, you know, actually just be a, a complete slugfest. Uh, three set are written all over that one. That one's got to go three, right? Yeah, I can, I can see. I mean, I can see that one playing out a lot of ways. But that's what you get when you've got Fonini on the court and you've got, you know, Cuevas. He can really do it all in the clay. And Fonini, I feel like it's just so much on his racket, you know, that it's like, it's hard to know what's coming. You know, he can lose yeah, a set 6-1 it, or, or he can be down 5-1 and he still wins the set. I mean, it just right. it's almost like the scoreline doesn't even matter half the time with Fonini. It's just what his racket's going to do. Yeah, true. Well, that's going to be a lot of fun. But, you know, once again, we still need to look at Munich. Uh, the seeds are coming into play now, of course, after their first round by. Zvera is going to take on Londero. An absolute clay court battle we've got coming. Garen and Schwartzman. That's going to be a ton of fun. That would probably be my ooh, number one or number two one from Munich to watch. Chechenato and Klezon, Montero and Fuksovics. Pella taking on Daniel. Batista Agut coming in as the four seed, taking on Molikar. Dennis Kudla gets to take on Berrettini. I think that's going to be a tough matchup. And the one that I was alluding to earlier, the number two seed, Hatchinov, who, of course, we've discussed multiple times now, who's been struggling, is going to take on the veteran Cole Schreiber. That one and the Garen Schwartzman match are mine to watch. What do you think? Yeah, I, yeah, I would agree with that, along with the Kudla Berrettini. I, I love Matteo Berrettini. He's one of my favorite up-and-coming players. I've always kind of been behind him. I think he's got a lot of potential. 
And so, yeah, I think for Dennis Kula, that's that's a tough matchup. I mean, Berrettini's coming off that title uh, last week in Budapest. So uh, we'll see how that one goes. But, yeah, man, Karen Hatchinoff, the guy, he, he's he been struggling so much. And now he draws Philip Kohlschreiber. He's got to yeah. be going, are you kidding me, man? Really? Of all people? Because Kohlschreiber is just the model of consistency. You know what he's going to bring to the court. And look, if if Hatchinoff plays his game and is playing super well, he can win that match, no doubt about it. He's got the weapons. He's he's more explosive. He's just all around. He has he has the juice. But Cole Schreiber is just gonna be consistent and and play a solid game. And if Hatchinoff is off, then then that one's going to the veteran. It, it just is. So it's a that's a tough matchup. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Well, regardless, I'm gonna be. I'm going to be trying to tune into that one as much as I possibly can. Uh, but as we continue on the clay, we have to – well, we don't have to, but I'm going to. We're going to give the what I call brief but way too early Roland Garros chat. Um, you know, we're, we're looking at a few weeks out now from the French, um, and of course I'm extremely excited. But it's one of those things where it feels like a lot of these clay court tournaments, I mean, yeah, when, when it comes to the Masters 1000s, they're exciting in their own right. But – a lot of the times you're just looking at the clay court performances to see, okay, how are they going to do at the French? Um, and so for me, you know, people are talking about Nadal. Look, he's lost in the semis of Monte Carlo and Barcelona, which for any mortal would be good results, but it's Nadal. He's expected mm-hmm. to win everything always. So sort of the classic question here. I want to hear your take on it. Is he in trouble here? Is this a cause for concern or is this anything? Yeah, I think there's a cause for concern, but I wouldn't say that he's in trouble yet. Uh, I I told Gruskin this yesterday. You know, let's see how Madrid and Rome go. Let's just let the next couple weeks play out. I want to see how he looks there. The panic button has not been hit yet, uh, but it's the door's opened a little bit, and the hand is starting to move closer to that panic button, but we'll see. At this point, right now, today, I'm not going to say that he's in trouble yet. I'm just not going to go that far. And that's definitely fair. And I mean, well, it's just, it's funny to see it because, you know, of course, everyone's always wondering, these guys keep getting older and everyone's going to be, who's going to fill the void? Who's going to fill the void? And, and now, at least in the last couple of years, I mean, team is really becoming the one who a lot of people are sort of clinging on to saying like, this is the next guy in the clay. Um, you know, he recently, I think he just, what, notched his fourth win on clay over Nadal, which is, I mean, that's a big yeah. deal in its own right. Cause well, let's face it. Like nobody is able to do that. Um, and so do you think he's sort of the clay next in line guy, whether it's this year, next year, whenever, is he the one? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. I, the, I, I do. I just think he is destined to win. If not, you know, multiple, he, he's going to win at least one Roland Garros title in his career. If not, if not a few, um, he's just that good on this surface. He really is to me. And even like going back to last year, he's just clearly the second best clay court player in the world behind Rafa. And, and this year, you know, from what we've seen so far, we might have to just put him at, at number one right now. But I mean, there's no doubt to me that he's a top two uh, clay court player in the world and, and he's going to win Roland Garros. I mean, there's no question about it. He's just, he's too good on that surface. His game is perfectly suited to it and, and he loves it. So yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's the next in line for sure. And, 
And in that sort of clay court void conversation, where does Zverev fall for you? Because, I mean, sure, people can talk about his, you know, lack of success in the big tournaments, especially the majors. But, I mean, the French is, that's a tournament he's gotten to the quarters to. Of course, when he did do that in 2017, you know, who did he lose to? Team. Yeah. Um, and he won Rome. Yeah, exactly. So, so we've seen him have success on the clay. I mean, sure, we don't we don't need to, you know, go to the point um, and say, you know, he's as good as team on the clay because I certainly wouldn't go there. But, no. I mean, where does his success, you think, where does that sort of go I to mean, on the clay? He's he's ranked up there, but he it, it's hard to say because he's still, I mean, he's still pretty young. I mean, he did win Rome. He's gotten to the quarters of the French, but I don't know, man. It's just he hasn't done it consistently. Like Dominic team, right, right? Has done it year in, year out, every year on the clay. He's winning clay court titles every single year. Um, Zverev has had some, he's had his good results, but from year to year, he's just a little more inconsistent. So I don't know. I mean, with, with Zverev, it's like, okay, on a good day. Yeah. He's right up there with the best guys in terms of his clay court game. But how many how many good days has he really had recently? I mean, not yeah. a ton. He's been struggling, so it's it's kind of hard to break it all down like that. But for me, I mean, he's definitely behind Team. There's no question about that. Team, like I said, I think is clearly a top two player in the world on the clay. And right now, I mean, we'll see what happens with Rafa. But you know, if these next couple weeks don't go so well for Rafa, and he has a couple early exits and team does really well, I mean, he's going to be, team will be my favorite going into Roland Garros, depending on how these next couple weeks go, of course. Yeah, personally, I would love to see that. I'm, I'm a huge fan of team in his game, so I would have absolutely no problem with him taking Roland Garros. But like I said, it's the brief and way too early chat, so we don't need to get um, super deep into it. Um, but as we continue our, you know, talking about the clay, you know, like, We've got Federer coming in. You know, he hasn't been on the clay in the last couple of years. I haven't really seen him much. He's slotted to play Madrid. You know, what are your expectations for him coming into, the like, at least this part of the clay court season? Yeah, it'll be interesting, right? It, I mean, it's been a while since we've right. seen him on the clay. It's it's almost like we don't really know what to expect. And he's, yeah, you know, it's he's weird. coming in. It, it is weird. It, it's weird for Fed because we're not used to that you know, talking about the uncertainties of him going into a tournament. But, you know, he chooses to play Madrid, which is obviously going to be a super competitive tournament. I mean, Masters 1000, everybody's going to be playing that thing. So, you know, there's going to be no easy draw. I mean, no matter who he plays, it's going to be a tough match right out of the box. So, yeah, you know, I always feel like sometimes Fed needs maybe a match or two to work his way into the tournament a little bit, you know, and... If he's going to lose, it's going to be early because that's when he's most vulnerable. If he wins a couple matches and gets his game under him, then I'd say look out. I mean, that he could make a serious run. But those first couple of matches, depending on the how, how the draw breaks out, I'll be interested to see how he does early in like the first and second round because that's probably going to be where somebody can upset him, you know, if he's if he's not feeling it on the clay. Yeah, and well, I mean, it's just, it's so interesting too. someone like Federer, who just generally in the game, of course, has just been the biggest pillar of consistency when we talk about it, especially, you know, a few years ago, but we haven't seen him in the French since what, 20, uh, is it 15? I mean, because I know he pulled out of that 2016. Yeah, yeah I think, 16, it, I think, I think it was 15. Right. I, I think he's now taken three off in a row. 
And yeah, because 2015, that's right, 2015, he lost to Stan, actually. And that was the year that Stan won it, I believe. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, it'll be super, it'll be super interesting to see him on the clay. It's, it's, it's so weird to me. I mean, what, it's a few years. That doesn't seem like it's that long yet. I can hardly even visualize him playing on the clay. <laughs> Maybe yeah, that's just it, me. It, it's, no, I know, man. It's just weird. We haven't seen him. We haven't seen him in years. Right. Well, so. he is. Yeah, I'm excited though. You know, coming up, he's slotted to play Madrid, and Madrid is also the first tournament back, at least supposed to be for Del Potro, someone who is on the year two and one and has made sixteen thousand dollars in prize <laughs> money. So that's that's a tough 2019 for Del Potro. I'm sure his bank accounts are doing just fine, but um, I'm very excited to see him come back as well. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, Delpo's fan favorite. Everybody loves him. You know, he's gonna no matter where he goes in the world, he's got crowd support. So that'll yeah. be that'll be good, man. I'm excited to see him too. He's always been one of those guys that's just super fun to watch. Absolutely, he he has he makes the tour just so much more fun to watch week in week out. And um, this is just me here. So I mean, it's now been what ten years since he won the U.S. Open. Yep, I'd completely forgot he was twenty when he won that title. Yeah, that completely spaced my mind. He was so young, man. I mean, I mean, he also looked like a man, so that's part of it. I'll tell you what, I didn't look like that when I was twenty. That that's true. <laughs> that, that that's fair. He was a, he was an absolute beast. But yeah, I just remember that you know back in two thousand nine, you know, just thinking, man, this guy's so young. He's gonna be the next. He's gonna be the guy that can really disrupt the the Federer, Nadal, Djokovic reign. You know, because he had the kind of game that could just blast those guys off the court. I mean, he did it to Fed in that U.S. Open final. It was unreal. Exactly. So I, in my head, I was thinking, this guy is going to be the disruptor, the one to ruin, you know, not ruin, but just interrupt that period of dominance for those right. top three, you know, and even Andy Murray, those top four guys. And then, of course, you know, the injuries happened and, you know, it, it kind of went south for him, but... Yeah, I mean, thinking back to that, man, that's one of those Grand Slam finals I'll never forget. Yeah, that was a phenomenal one. Well, believe me, that is a topic that will certainly be covered in another podcast. I don't know when or where, but it'll get covered because that is absolutely one of the classic you know, finals of our time, or at least one that I've enjoyed watching. But you know, as we have it here, of course, it's a mini break, and you know, Matt, you and I are the most respectful about the time. I think. So. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm, I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus, but you know, listeners, who is that you know who I'm talking. <laughs> you, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, but with that being said, uh, Matt, thank you for coming on, and I have absolutely loved talking on the clay with you, and I look forward to doing it in the coming weeks. Um, as we close, what do we say to our listeners? That's a break. All right, thank you, and listeners, have a good night, day, have a good night, and day and morning. Oh, 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 oh,